Here we go. Week seven, living with leverage. Everyone say leverage. This is a message that I honestly believe can change your life because we're taking Scripture and we're applying it to our lives. And here's what I want to let you know about this message, Living with Leverage, is that God is very concerned. He's very interested in how you live your life. God is absolutely, absolutely interested in how you live your life. It's not, this is not how we live. We're not like, I believe in God, but I can live however I want. Because how you live largely depends on how much leverage you have with your life. So we're talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, and Paul talks about six lifestyle areas that he has in his life that gave him leverage. And the bottom line is that I see too many people that lift up their hands, they claim Jesus with, with their mouth. They, they even can dress like Christians. And if you're ever wondering what Christians dress like, just look around. Because sometimes we just kind of, we, how many of you guys know that sometimes Christian fit a mold? You know what I'm talking about? And we start speaking Christian ease, you know? It's like, bless God, brother, I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed and I'm ready for the second coming. You know, and people are like, what did he just say? I don't know, but I think he's whacked out. You know, sometimes, listen, sometimes we look the part, watch this, we look the part, but we don't live the part. And what God wants you to understand is that we need to live the part, not because church is about a bunch of rules about what you can do or you cannot do, but church and living for God is all about living for God so that, not to follow rules, but so that you have leverage, you have an advantage when you live your life. When you live the way God wants you to live, obstacles are removed out of the pathway that he's called you down. I don't know about you. But if I'm going to run a 100-meter dash, I would like it. I would like it if there were not like 500-pound crazy guys running after me. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to. If I'm going to run a 100-yard dash as fast as possible, I need as few obstacles in my way as possible. And when you live the way God designed you to live, those obstacles get removed. Some of you are living a hard life. You're living a hard life, and it's not about what's happening to you as much as how much you're responding to what God's called you to do. And I'm here to tell you that the Bible never says that when you serve God, life gets easy, but the Bible does say that when you follow him, you will have less obstacles and less struggle than people who drag their feet in the things of God. And so we're talking about living with leverage. And this is what happened. This is how I got this scripture that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul got a glimpse of how awesome God was. Uh, Paul writes about it. He's like, are you kidding me? This is amazing stuff. Holy smokes. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4, 14 says this, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now, Paul, if you sat in church, you might go, yeah, 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 Jesus died on the cross until you actually realize what that means. Come on, somebody. It's just kind of verbiage. It's just kind of rhetoric. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. It's just like blah, 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 blah. Until you actually get a glimpse of what that means. That although none of us deserve the Father God, although none of us deserve eternal life, Jesus died so that we could have access to God. And Paul's basically trying to say it's more than rhetoric. It's a big deal. Amen, somebody. So he's saying, whoa, ho, hey. One was for their sake 
died and was raised. And look at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He says, listen, this means since Jesus died, that no matter what you come from, no matter what your parents have said to you, no matter what your friends have said to you, no matter the regret and the terror that you have in your past, when you decide to follow God, behold, the old is gone and the new has come. That's a big time message because some of us have some incredible regret in our lives. Some of us are absolutely embarrassed about the things we've done in our past. Some of us wish that I could absolutely, oh, did I say I? I mean, some of us wish we, you, or could wish that, I, oh, the, the, the things that happened to me, the things that I did, the things that I chose to do, so embarrassed about. Yet the Bible says that when we decide to follow Christ, behold, all things are new. The old is gone and the new has come. That means that no matter what has happened to you sexually, guess what? When you follow Christ, you can get a new purity. You can, you, can, you can come to Christ and all those things that have happened to you, all those bad decisions you've made, guess what? God will make you new. In his eyes, you are beautiful. In his eyes, you are pure. In his eyes, there is nothing wrong because God has forgiven everything of your past. Paul's saying, this is a big deal, baby. Can I get an amen? See, this, these are things, this is the kind of sermon, this is good stuff. Sometimes sermons are like, whoa, oh man, whoa, you know, because you're like, wow. This message, this is like amen stuff. This is just like, this is like good, good. This is like a pumpkin pie with lots of whipping cream. And, I mean, this is just like, mmm, yes. So you got to be loud to me. You got to respond because this is good stuff. Can I get an Amen. We always say this. I don't know who said it first, but I continue to say it. Listen, a quiet church is a dead church. Come on, you're not dead. I don't want you to be quiet. I want you to respond to what God's saying, especially when we're reading the scriptures. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then chapter 6 begins, and this is what Paul says. He says, we live in such a way. He says, because of all this, because Christ is so awesome, not because we have to, not because the pastor has a list of if you're going to go to church here, you're going to follow these things. None of that. He says, because of this incredible message of Christ, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because, because of us. The ESV says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way. We live in such a way that there will be no obstacles to what God is trying to do because it's such a great message. If your best friend could get a million dollars just by crossing the street, wouldn't you do everything to make sure your friend could cross the street? Unless you're Jason, because I guess you hate Brad and stuff like that. But, I mean, come on. Wouldn't you make sure if, if, the, if your friend was like, hey, hey, guess what? If you cross that street, you get a million dollars. Can you imagine a friend going, ho, 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 you know, and all of a sudden being some like thinking that you're like some linebacker or something, you know. No, that just makes no sense. That makes no sense to become an obstacle to a great thing. And Paul says, when I live the way God wants me to live, I'm not putting any obstacles in the path of something that's absolutely not just good, the greatest thing ever. Paul says, the way I live gives me leverage. It helps me to run fast. No obstacles. Run fast. The good life. Somebody say amen. 
So he says, we live in such a way, and no one will find fault in our ministry. And this is our our key scripture. This is why we're doing uh, six weeks plus the intro, seven weeks. We prove ourselves six things right here. By our purity, by our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. And because this is the second to last week we are at tonight, by the power, by the Holy Spirit with in us. The big idea tonight, you guys, is that you've got to get plugged in and powered up. The big idea about leverage tonight, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you this. If I asked you, do you have the Holy Spirit, would you even know what I'm talking about? I mean, some people would be like, you know, the Holy Ghost, you know, woo, you know, or something. But they don't know. You know, they've only seen people mock the Holy Spirit in, in videos, uh, movies. They, they, they might have, like, kind of got an idea. But do you really know what it's like? Paul says, I live in such a way. We prove ourselves. And one of the things is what we're talking about tonight, by the Holy Spirit within us. I want to let you know tonight about the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you. I want you to know that there is something that happens after salvation where you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is probably the most dynamic power tool, the most awesome, greatest person that you could know if you want to live a life of leverage. And whether or not you have the Holy Spirit largely depends on how much leverage you have in this life. You need the Holy Spirit inside of you. You don't need to just know about the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit all throughout you because the Holy Spirit gives you leverage. And here's a key scripture for tonight. In fact, I wasn't even going to use this scripture, but my wife is so amazing, so anointed, and so passionately in love with Jesus. She's like, Brian, you got to hear this scripture. And so I'm making it one of our key scriptures tonight. Uh, Up on our our, our wall Bible there, you can see 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. You can turn there if you would like. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. And can I just give you a, a little a little key here. Anytime I read scripture out of the Amplified, it's because either Elizabeth or Jennifer told me about a scripture. Okay, because there is something about, and listen, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like uh, in Jennifer's DNA and Elizabeth, that's her mom, but they read the Amplified. I don't know. I think that, and I, 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 wanna, I wanna brag to all you ladies, okay? You tend to read the Amplified more than us guys. And I think it's just because you're smarter. I, I just I just think it is. It's just so long. I'm just like, oh, man, like a chapter is like six pages. I'm just like, I can't handle it, right? So here is out of the Amplified. And, Chris, if you could get uh, get that ready for me, the 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 table up here. Here's, here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now, we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit who is from God, given to us, that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessings so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Now, guys, you're going to have to look at the scripture because I know you can't just listen to that and catch it because that was like too long of a sentence. So I want you guys, guys, you go ahead and, and read it as I read it, okay? We're going to read this out loud. Guys, guys only. You're going to read with me, okay? Okay, here we go. Now, guys, girls, you I know you already got it. This is just like f- fuel for the fire. And Chris is slowly but surely bringing up. Wow. Let's just clap for Chris. That's, that's awesome. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, here we go. Guys, are you ready to read this yes or no? Guys, are you with me? Okay, here we go. 
Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. <gasps> Woo! I'll tell you, if you're going to read a run-on sentence, you might as well read one like that. Did you guys actually capture what that's all about? That we didn't receive the Spirit from the world, but we received the Holy Spirit, which allows us to comprehend. Come on, somebody. It allows us to get and experience. It bestowed upon us lavishly, I mean, freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Now I'm going to keep reading verse 13. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody about Jesus, and it sounded like it was just like, blah, 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 and you're trying so hard, you're like, okay, no, seriously, like, Jesus, and, and, and you got it, you need it, and, and you're just, and the person's like, I see your lips moving, but I don't understand anything coming out. Have you ever had that experience? Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that you are able to speak spiritual truths in ways that give you leverage and advantage, a way that great things can happen. Look at what John 15, 26 says, everybody. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. This is what Jesus says. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. Okay, are you ready for a little theological question here? Where does the Holy Spirit come from? Are you guys looking at the screen? Guys, use the wall Bible to help you think, okay? Come on. When, when you look at this scripture, when the counselor comes, who I will send to you from what? From the Father. But who sends the Holy Spirit? Use the wall Bible to help you. Guy, I see guys going, I'm, I, I'm so close. Uh, yes, Jesus. He says, he says, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you. Listen. Listen, if you want the Holy Spirit inside of you, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to you. And you say, well, where's the Holy Spirit coming from? The Holy Spirit's coming from the Father. You guys, you need the Holy Spirit inside. He's a counselor, and he will testify about Jesus. How many of you would like some help in testifying about Jesus Christ? How many of you would like some help on your campus or with your coworker or with your family? How many of you would like some help testifying about Jesus Christ? Come on. Uh-oh. Are you hungry tonight? Do you have an appetite tonight? Are you like, wah, 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 wah? No, no, no. We've got to say, I've got to have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Look at how Paul talks about, when he talks about having this leverage or this advantage of having the Holy Spirit, I mean, wouldn't you like to be able to claim what Paul says here? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He says, when I talk to people about Jesus, they didn't listen to me because I had clever words or, or just, in, you know, articulate words. He says, they believed me because I had the Holy Spirit's power inside of me. 
He says, when I spoke, the Holy Spirit was testifying about Jesus Christ. How many of you would like, if you're going to run the race that God's called you, and not just try and get by, and not just try and, oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what I, come on, we're talking about running with love. Listen, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're to move forward and not backwards. Listen, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is forcefully, what, advancing. Come on, we're supposed to be people that aren't like, I'm just trying to make it, Pastor Brian, because it's just really hard out there. No, listen, Jesus said the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. You should not be on your back heels. You should not be playing defense all the time. I just, I, just, I got to stay away from the bad guys. I got to, oh, I don't want to sin. Oh, no. No, you should be advancing. You should be like, what's up now, devil? Kicking the teeth. Yeah. You know, I mean, you should be like me doing P90X, Kempo. You know, knuckle. That's one of my moves right there. It's amazing. You need to be on the offensive. You need to not be some Christian that's running around trying to make it. You need to understand that God designed you to have leverage. Amen, somebody. He says that I had not just articulate words, but a demonstration of the Spirit. The Spirit gives testimony. It testifies about Jesus. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're on the advance. You're on the offensive, not the defensive. So here's the bottom line tonight. Here's the big idea. You've got to be plugged in and powered up. The question is, are you plugged in? Do you have the Holy Spirit's power, or are you just kind of out there? And so I, I've got this table, if you haven't noticed, if you couldn't hear squeaky, squeaky, squeakerton, uh, th there's ob obviously a table. If you are listening on our little podcast, there is now a table up here. I'm standing behind it, and there is something very valuable up here. I want to tell you guys about a treasure in my life. This is an absolute treasure. Uh, some people value different things. Some people value, you know, uh, their letter jacket, you know, they got their varsity letter on there. Some people value their seventh grade love note that that one girl gave you at camp. It says, do you like me? Yes, no, or maybe. You know, some people value, you know, some people value candy and they hide it. You know, all you Halloween candy hiders, you know. Uh, uh, other people, you know, you value different things. I only value a few things in my life. I only value a few things, Okay. What you see in front of you is one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, I love me some waffles. I mean, I love me some waffles. In fact, I figured because usually, for those of you that do not know, I rarely eat dinner on Tuesday nights. I have lunch at about noon or 1 o'clock. I make sure to have some caffeine at about 4 o'clock, as if you couldn't tell. And now, and I do not have uh, dinner. And I thought, you know what? I love waffles way too much, and I never have dinner on Tuesday, so I think I'm going to have waffles Tuesday night while I'm preaching. And so I did not just bring a waffle maker. You guys, I brought, oh, not in that drawer. I brought me a little mixer, okay? I didn't just bring me a mixer. Nope. No, let's see. What else do I got in here? What else do I got in here? Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, um, someone stole all of my necessary ingredients. Oh, wait. There's some necessary ingredients. Let's see. Oh, here's some necessary. Oh, ooh, careful. Little spillage. Okay, so here's what I got. I got up here. I got my waffle iron. I got my mixer. I've got, I'm sure, uh, this is where lapel mics really come in handy. Uh, I got the, I got my, um, oh, wait, wait. Hold on. I wanted to make sure. Uh, oh, wait, oh. 
Yeah, we're okay. I, I got my egg, okay? I've got my, my oil, okay? I got my little Bisquick mix. Let me tell you something. There will be Bisquick in heaven, y'all. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, there, there is just, there's just something just, oh, beautiful. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I can make waffles every Friday, almost every Friday of every week, of every year, every Friday. I say to Jennifer, today is Waffles Day. <laughs> I go to bed Thursday night, and some of you, when you were children, or maybe still on Christmas Eve, you can't go to bed because tomorrow's Christmas. That's what it's like for me every Thursday night because of waffles. I'm just like, tomorrow's waffles. I can't, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I love waffles. I, can, I, know, I know that if you make Bisquick waffles... That you need, you need like, you need like two cups of the Bisquick mix. I know that you need one egg. I know that you need two tablespoons of oil. I know that you need one and one third cup of milk. This sitting here before you is one of the greatest concoctions known to man. You know, when people, when people are on death row, they get their last meal. Do you know this? They, they get last rites. They get their last meal. If, God forbid, I was ever on death row, I would ask for biscuit waffles. I would say, oh, you lovely little ingredients of, of wonderfulness. Now, here's the deal. Before I go ahead and make my waffles, I want to ask you a question. You do not need to be a rocket scientist. You do not even need to like waffles. In fact, let's just do a poll right now. If you, if you like waffles, will you please raise your hand? Okay. These are the Christians. Okay. 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 Put your hands down. If you like pancakes more than waffles, raise your hand. These are the people going to hell. Hey, that's okay. There's still time to repent. All right. Jennifer, you need Jesus real bad. I'm still praying for you. I'm not giving up on you. That's why we have waffles every Friday. Hallelujah. Now, here's the deal. You don't need to like waffles. You don't need to be a rocket scientist or a professional chef like our boy Jonathan sitting in front row. Let's say hello to Jonathan. Wait. Listen, you don't need to be any of those things to agree with me that this wonderful concoction, one and one-thirds cup milk, two tablespoons of oil, one egg, two cups of Bisquick mix, That as is would be absolutely ridiculous if I were to turn, take this waffle iron, unplugged, open it up, take this mixer, unplugged, and ah, oh, and then go waffles anyone? Because if I 
were to take this waffle iron and this mixture and pour it and close it and then wait. It's Waffle Day. Okay, you guys are going, that dude's nuts. I'm out of here, right? That makes no sense. Why? Because if you're not powered up, if you're not plugged in, you are void of the very power that you need to make that incredible concoction lovely. And what the Bible says is that you've got to be plugged into the Holy Spirit. You can have all these ingredients that are great, like kindness, like patience, even like purity. You can have all of these things in your life, but if you want to be powered up, if you want them to be useful, you need to be plugged into the Holy Spirit. Yet we have all these people that try and do all these nice things, patience, kindness, and purity, and I understand they try and do all these things, but they don't plug themselves in. And so to the world, they're like, look, come eat the waffle it's what's wrong maybe I just need more no 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 and we look and we're like why am I not getting the product that it says on the box why am I not getting light fluffy slightly crispy and ooh so nicely warm on the inside little squares of goodness why the reason why, friends, is because you've got to get to the power source. The power source in your spiritual life, in your life period, is the Holy Spirit. And when you plug in, and when you plug in, all these things that are in your life, oh, wait a second, all these things that you have in your life become useful. In fact, do you know that today when I got these little ingredients out, do you know that I just had a smile on my face in my kitchen? Because I was just thinking about these wonderful, wonderful waffles that I'd be cooking up here. And then... How many of you guys would say it's better to be plugged in and powered up? How many of you guys would just say that raw stuff is just straight up gross? I, I could have brought steak, you know, and just had some raw flesh sitting there, you know. Now, here's the deal. I mix up. I mix this up. <laughs> the other thing, little side note, being powered up so much fun. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just more fun that way it's not fun like it's like think about a vacuum for just a second you have a vacuum it's not on but you're walking around the room come on uh, lame right here's the deal here's the deal we have too many christians too many bible believing jesus loving people that have not understood that there is something deeper and it's called the power of the holy spirit we need power if we're going to have leverage we need power if we're going to 
be effective. We need the Holy Spirit in us. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can put everything together all you want. But God intended, listen, God intended for those things to be developed out of a powerful relationship with the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you have the Holy Spirit? I mean, do you know? How can you even know if you have the Holy Spirit? Have you ever wondered that? Well, I don't know. I love Jesus. Does that mean that I have the Holy Spirit? I kind of follow Jesus. Does it mean that anybody that kind of loves Jesus gets the Holy Spirit? Have you ever really thought through, how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? How do you know if this power is in you? How do you know if you're plugged in or unplugged or you're short-circuiting and things are blowing up and kind of weird? How do you know? I want to talk to you tonight. I want to finish up tonight about how you can know if you have the Holy Spirit. Because once, here's the bottom line, once you've decided that you want waffles, see first, you've gotta decide that you want waffles. Now there's a want in me, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, I love that want. But once you decide you want waffles, you have to plug it in. Does that make sense? The want alone doesn't do it. You've gotta plug it in. Just because, listen, just because you, you, you like, well, I think this is cool. First of all, you have to want Jesus. If you have the Holy Spirit, you've got to want Jesus. The question is this, not do you want more power in your life? Do you want Jesus? Yes or no? I want you to think about that. Do you want Jesus in your life? Do you want him boss? Do you want him Lord? Do you not? See, we got fun t-shirts. I would even wear it if someone bought one for me that says Jesus is my homeboy, right? Because I'm gangster and all that. But here's the, the problem with Jesus is my homeboy is that Jesus is like beside you. What's up, dog? What's up, dog? Gee, gee. A wall, a wall, represent, you know. But here's the deal. When you want Jesus, Jesus is not your homeboy. He's your boss. He's your Lord. Where he goes, you go, whether you like it or not, because he's boss now. You're not boss any longer. Do you want that? That's a big question. Because a lot of people like the idea of Jesus like this, but they don't want to follow Jesus wherever they go. So just like this, if you want waffles, first you've got to want waffles. Then you've got to plug it in. If you want Jesus, then you need to get plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. Once you have Jesus, then you get plugged in. It starts, listen, it starts with getting plugged into the power of Jesus. Now here's the deal. Once you get plugged in, Light comes on. Ding a ling a ding ding ding. <laughs> and then <laughs> you can unplug. Because here's the deal if you try and do things ahead of time and you do things in the wrong order, if you're like, oh man, I just want the Holy Spirit, I just want the Holy Spirit, this is what I've seen people do. I've seen people get this mixture and go, I want the Holy Spirit, and they don't even want Jesus. And they pour it on, and then they're like trying to plug in, and things don't, it doesn't work. I've seen people go, oh, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And they've never decided in their heart that they even want to follow Jesus. And what you get is you get some wackos. Have you ever heard of somebody that claims that they love Jesus, and they look like this? You know what I'm talking about? You see, there's a story in Acts chapter 8 about Simon. He was a sorcerer, and he saw the power that came with the Holy Spirit, and he's like, I want that. I want that power. I want, and he started pouring all this stuff on. And he's like, ah, plugging, ah. And, 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 and guess what happened? He got it all backwards. You will never get good waffles unless you do things in the right order. 
and the first things have to come first, that you've got to want Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Because I've seen, man, uh, Dusty, you and I know, know uh, one kid that came up time after time after time, and, and he'd be like, I want the Holy Spirit, but he'd just stand there, and, and there, his heart wasn't in it. See, if you do things backwards, you're going to get it all mixed up. But once you want Jesus, then great things happen. Because this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, on this, if you want me, then this is what you need. Listen, he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, I think we even have it on the screen. It says, and while staying with them, this is Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jer Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. By the way, everybody, if you want the Holy Spirit, it's promised to you. It's not like maybe you will get the Holy Spirit, maybe you won't. It's promised to you. And it says, is it, uh, uh, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, that's one type of baptism, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus said. He said, before you try and put all these ingredients, this is what Jesus said, listen. Before you go, try and do something with it. Wait. Wait. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to have the tools necessary to live this life with leverage. Paul did not say, we prove ourselves with our purity, our kindness, our patience, and our understanding. Period. He said, and with the Holy Spirit within us. Why? Because he knew that if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, a lot of times you're just going to be wasting your time. God, listen, listen, listen. God designed you to have the Holy Spirit. He designed your life. He designed the family that you have. He designed the jobs that you have. He designed all that to be lived with the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew. Some people are like, Jesus didn't know my parents when he decided them parents were my parents. And I'm like, yeah, he did. But he also knew that you would need the Holy Spirit. You were designed to have the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you want the Holy Spirit? He says, wait, don't do anything. Don't try and go save the world without the Holy Spirit. That's basically what Acts 1-4 said. And then Acts 2, this is, this is when it happened. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And look, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. On the screen there, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here's what Jesus said. He says, listen, I've got a plan for you. It's an incredible plan, but wait for the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they already loved Jesus. This was not a question of if they loved Jesus or not. They wanted waffles. They wanted Jesus. And so he said, wait, get plugged in. So they were praying, and then suddenly the Holy Spirit came, and it was the promise that he, he had given them. He said, I have promised, remember the scripture, the promise of the Father you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. And then guess what happened? It happened suddenly. This Holy Spirit's all about more. More. Do you want more of God or are you cool with where you're at? This is not a message for people to be like, oh, I, this is for people who are on the inside sitting on the edge of their chair. That are like, I've got to have more of God in me. I'm not okay with just kind of believing in God, but but just living defensively. This is for people that are like, you know what? I can't handle just serving God at church and then just being beat down all week long. This is for people who on the inside are saying, yes, I want more. Listen, look at the posture of the apostles. They're up in this room and they're praying. They're like, more, 
Jesus, help us. God, we're obeying you. We're waiting more. And then Jesus goes, bam. I'm sending it to you. And then, and then they receive the Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? They walk outside. Open up the door. And by the end of the day, thousands of people got saved. Everyone say power. Everyone say advantage. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't have to stay locked up in a room anymore to serve Jesus. You can walk out that door and have power and effectiveness in your life. Do you guys want to know what the Holy Spirit does? I want to give this to you just as we close. Look at this. The Holy Spirit comes. Here we go. This, well, who does it come to? Listen, the whole, it's on the screen. The Holy Spirit comes to those who have been, whose hearts have been settled. I live for Christ. The Holy Spirit will not come if your heart is not settled. If you're like, well, maybe I'll serve Jesus, but if, if this girl likes me, then I'll ditch God, I'll ditch church, I'll ditch everything because she's the bomb diggity. You know, you've got to have it settled. You've got to have it in your heart. Listen, nothing's going to take me away from Jesus. My friends could leave me. My family could leave me. Anything could leave me. I don't care. I'm fought. If that's you, if that's your heart, the Holy Spirit can come to you because your heart is settled. Number two, it, the Holy Spirit comes to those who desire depth. In Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, they went up to the apostles. They're like, hey, hey, we've only been water baptized. We want more. We want, we want what the Holy Spirit has. They, they go, we got wet, but we want more. And they're like, you've only received John's baptism, which is baptism in water. They're like, yeah. And they're like, sweet. And they're like, boom, receive the Holy Spirit. And it says, and they instantly, suddenly received the Holy Spirit and began speaking in unknown tongues, in a spiritual language. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Why? They wanted more. They desired depth. Is that you? Have you settled that Jesus is Lord? Do you want more or are you like, whatever, dog? You've got to want more. Number three, the Holy Spirit comes to those who receive from Christ. This is not like if I lay my hands on you. This is not like outer space thing. Jesus. Remember earlier I read the scripture. It says, I will send to you the counselor. Jesus is the baptizer. You don't have, because some, here's the problem. This is what's so sad about the church, and it's so sad about Christians, and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Some people have just really dogged this whole idea about the Holy Spirit, and has made it kind of complicated. It's not complicated. Jesus says, I baptize. All you have to do, listen, if you're like, I don't know, but I want more of you, God, all you have to do is say, Jesus, you're the one that does this. I'm just asking Jesus. Will you baptize me? Will you give me everything that you have for me, including the Holy Spirit? That's who gets the Holy Spirit, who receive it from Christ. And then the Holy Spirit comes suddenly. The Holy Spirit comes suddenly. This is not a 12-step program. Hello, 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 hello. My name's Brian. I want the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, that, that's not how it works. It's when your heart is ready, God's ready. The promise is to everyone. Now here's the bottom line, you guys. The baptism of the Holy Spirit gives incredible leverage. There is purpose. Listen, the reason to be plugged in is not, look at this. I'm going to do this one more time, but not the exact same way. Oh, I got to get this right. The purpose of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not this. I got it. Woo! I got it. Hey, I got it. 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 Plugged in and powered up, baby. Woo! Got it. You just stick it in your got it holster, right? And you're like, what's up? Got it. Got it. Woo! 
Watch this. Still got it. We just went to camp. Got it! <laughs> Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. The purpose, unfortunately. I told you, we mix laughter and intensity. What can I say? That's how God made me. Listen, listen. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not for you like, yeah, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The purpose, listen, is to use the ingredients that God's given you to do what you've been called to do. You see, there is a reason. There is leverage with the Holy Spirit. You are able to do things that you could not do when you, think, think. Not the same as this. And so what people do, what too, unfortunately some people do is like, oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus is like, I love you. I know you're hot. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And you're like, got it. But here's the deal. You should see the results of the baptism of the Holy Spirit all throughout your life. There is a reason. It's not just to get it. It's to use it. And here's where, just really simply, uh, um, baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you incredible leverage. There is purpose Listen, to be used, it's just like the ingredients in prayer. You can, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you receive this power, there is a power that happens in prayer. You get a spiritual language, which is amazing. Friends, I think praying in English is good. It's cool. Go ahead and do it. I, I, the Bible says to pray in your, in your natural language. It also says to pray in your unknown language, your baptized language, your spiritual language. It's a language between you and God. It's a spiritual language. Some people call it when you pray in tongues. It's in the Bible. Every time in the Bible, just read Acts. Every time people received the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in another language. And people go, do I have to or do I? Why wouldn't you want to? You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you just go, wow, if this is for everyone, I want this because let me tell you, I speak, you guys, in a spiritual language and it is one of the most prized possessions in my entire life. I mean, like I got my wife and I've got my waffles and I got my baby girl and I've got my spiritual language you know what I'm saying that is like I don't know how I would pray or or walk in 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 God and and do my devotion time and pray over you guys without a spiritual language see it's not like I'm no use it use the baptism of the Holy Spirit in prayer use it in worship oh my goodness when you worship you guys and you're filled with the spirit listen there is something amazing that happens even just in the music portion of worship there is something different. You are powered up. That's all I can explain it. Hey, you can worship like, I know this is good. I know we're supposed to. I know I'm supposed to love God. Or you can be filled with the Spirit and just be like, I can't. This is, wow. Why wow, you're plugged into the power source. You got to use it in lifestyle. You guys, I'm telling you. Listen, it was kind of funny. Dusty came over yesterday to go running with me. We ran around Glendevere, right? And he comes over to the house, and I got my phone, and I got my iPod on, and I got my earphones in, and I'm folding clothes, right? Because I, you know, try and help my wife and be a good husband. And he's like, hey, what are you listening to? And I'm like, oh, Pastor Frank DiMazio. He's like, cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, this, he's doing a series. Oh, it's just amazing right now. And Pastor Frank's one of the pastors in the, here in the city at City Bible Church. And I'm just, and, and, and I'm like, have you ever thought about that? Who would ever, like, I'm going to fold clothes and listen to a sermon. I mean, that, that's not normal. 
You understand? People are like, I'm listening to Jay-Z, you know, I'm listening to Fall Out Boy, you know, whatever. But, but listen, but something inside of me, listen, something inside of me wants to hear the Word of God. That's the Holy Spirit. You see, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you get God desires. You're not like, oh, should I go to church or should I go to the movies? You're like, are you kidding me? I'm not, it's not even a, I, there, listen, listen, listen. The filling of the Holy Spirit gives you a want that you've always desired. It gives you a want to pray. It gives you a want to read the Bible. It gives you a want to like get, not, people go, hey, you want to go to this? In fact, a buddy of mine asked me to go to a movie. I'm like, that sounds like a cool movie, man. You know, just my kind, you know, tss, tss, tss. and I'm like, hold on. I'm like, it sounds really cool. I want to see what it's about. And so we looked it up. We screened it, and we read the content, the graphic content, the sexual content, all that stuff. And I looked at that, and ins- my insides just went, I don't want, I don't, not for a second do I want to see that movie. Now, just a preview, I want to see that movie. But I look at the stuff, and the spirit in me is going, ick, gross, no, uh-uh, Sorry. And I'm like, nope. Why? The natural me, hey, man, it's a, it's a guy movie. Guy not, yeah, man, who cares? The Spirit puts a care in you. The Holy Spirit puts a want in your lifestyle. And last but not least, you guys, when you receive the Holy Spirit, there is power in your witness to proclaim. Remember, it says, he will testify about me. There is an ability to speak to people, and it makes sense. It, it doesn't mean you get better speaking abilities. It doesn't mean like you were like, I like you, you know, and then you're like, I just want to let you know something about my desires. No, 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 okay, okay, no, 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 what happens is you speak the same way, but you get different results, does that make sense, because all of a sudden the spirit's doing something inside of you, now, I want to do this, I want to push this out of the way, Chris, (laughs) I want to push this out of the way, and I want you to answer the question, it's okay, Chris is going to do it, he's, he's coming, he's coming, all right, everyone clap for Sam because she's so ready to help. Let's, let's clap for Chris because he's coming fast, even though his back hurts. Austin, will you help him? It, is your back hurt real bad? Oh, not right now. You're just acting like it. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. I want you guys to answer this simple question. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the power of God inside of you? Do you have a spiritual language? You can ask yourself that. You say, well, do I have to speak? It doesn't, listen, that's that's not the question. The question is really, do you have this hunger? Do you want the Holy Spirit in you? Is there something inside of you that says, I'm sick and tired of playing on defense. I want to play on offense. Is there something inside of you that says, I need to get powered up again. I'm tired of making waffles without any power. I'm trying of serving God, trying to serve God in my world without any power. Is there something on the inside of you? You're back in the physical, maybe against your chair right now, but in the spirit, is there something inside of you that's saying, I need God. I want God, this is what I want to do. Every time in the Bible when people received the Holy Spirit, people prayed for them, okay? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you tonight if you want the Holy Spirit.